when I'm playing, it's like a, it's like my alter ego. I feel a certain way. Nobody can tell me different. The confidence that I have overall, not just in my game. Excellence is about standing, and excellence is a requirement for your dream come true. Welcome to Unfiltered Athletes. I'm your host, Leo. In this podcast, we go behind the scenes with world-class athletes to reveal the untold stories of their journeys. From grueling training sessions to mental strategies to achieve greatness, get ready for a raw, unfiltered look at the world of sports. This episode, we sit with Ahmed Hill. Ahmed is a player for the Montreal Alliance in the CEBL, the Canadian Elite Basketball League. Just a few days ago, he became the first player in the CEBL's history to score a thousand points. After a childhood in a small football-focused town in Georgia, USA, Ahmed became a dad when he was in college, and he decided to put all his effort into making it to the elite level and be able to provide for his little princess. In four years as a pro, Ahmed changed teams almost 10 times, chasing his dream to make it to the NBA. In this discussion, he brings us to the life of a pro basketball player and how he tries to thrive in such a fast-paced career playing on a different continent almost every season to maximize his time on the court and his opportunities to shine. And it all started with a footwork memory when he was only eight. I was playing and one of my coaches um, was just telling me, he said, the way my feet move, like I'll never be able to play And then from there on, like, I always made sure, like, my footwork was good to do anything. And then my shoes look nice, so I always look down at my feet for some reason when I play now. So that was your first memory, someone telling you that your footwork is not good enough? Yeah, other than me picking up the basketball, but, yeah, and dribbling around the neighborhood. But, yeah, like, the first in-game memory, yeah. Okay, so where that. were you uh, born born and raised? Uh, I was born in um, Fort Valley, Georgia, like okay. the south of Georgia. Is that a, was that a town or a state that's around uh, basketball very much, or was it just you seeing, you know, watching TV and, and feeling the, feeling the sport? Oh, uh, no, my, my town was mainly football. Like, I'm from a very small, like, town, maybe, like, maybe 5,000, if that, and everybody there, like, you you go football because we, are we, like, country people, so just, just what football. People do. Yeah, just what people do, and um, my middle brother, Braxton, that's one, I'm, um, one of my brothers that I'm closest to, he played basketball. He was the only one that played basketball, and I looked up to him, so I played basketball, and now here we go. Okay, so was apart from your brother, was, were there other people uh, playing basketball in the family, or were you the first one kind of bringing it to a more elite level? Um, yeah, I would say I was the one who brought it to the more elite level. You're still the only one? Is your brother uh, uh, still playing? Nah, he was like three, four years ahead of me, and once he went to college, he's real book smart. He's a teacher now, so okay. um, he let it go, and I just kind of took it to new heights, and uh I feel like we'll have some more in like up and coming, you know, up okay. and coming, up and coming in the family. We're gonna get some more basketball in there. Okay, so and and were you uh, book smart? Were you also uh, focused on school, or did basketball become your uh, your main, you know, center of attention early on? I mean, school is very important. You know, school is very important. Anyone out there listening? But my focus was basketball. I knew school, what school can do for you, and things like that. And I took it very serious. I ended up getting my master's at Virginia Tech. But nice. 
uh, I just say I wanted to focus on basketball. Like this is something I wanted to do for, you know, my career. So I focused on it. That's something you gotta do if you want to, you know, become great at your sport. I feel like. Um. So yeah, what did you uh, graduate in? I uh, graduated in uh, communi broadcasting, communications broadcasting. I got a cotton in sociology, and I got my master's in agriculture. So, so many different things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Is there yeah, anything yeah, that you will day. apply at some point, maybe post-career or not? Um, I feel like, yeah, I could I could do a little behind the mic on something. I don't know, maybe where it's like a little show or something, but I don't know. I, I heard I got a good personality, but I don't know if it's behind the mic or on TV or something like that. But um, agriculture, for sure. I'll probably get into something like that along my like mid thirties probably. And where would that be? Let's let's um, start with the end. So the post career, then we'll get into uh, many more things. Yeah. But yeah, is there a place where it would be a home once uh, once the basketball is uh, kind of over with? Um, maybe just somewhere like very spacious, like in the country. I don't mind being in the country, have my own piece of land, you know, grow some fruit, hunt. In the U.S.? He's like, yeah, for sure. I don't know, though. I like I like being in Europe. I like Europe. I like Canada. I don't know. I'm trying to become very wealthy where I can just live in all those kind of spots. Okay. Cool, <laughs> cool. sweet. So that's my, that's my end goal, to be able to just move around and be able to, you know, move how I want to, do what I want to, and really not have to worry. Cool. Guess, um, like so, yeah, go, going back into basketball, um, So you said initially pick up basketball and a few memories with your footwork. Uh, but when did the basketball become serious? So you went to uh, uh, high school, then you went to Virginia Tech. Yeah, how, what's the process from your the seven, eight-year-old you to um, uh, getting a, becoming a professional? The process of it? Well, the process and what, what happens when, when did you take start taking it you know, very seriously and, and knowing that you could make it to a, an elite level? Um, I think I started taking it very serious like my seventh grade year. That's when I locked down and said, all right, like, I'm going to take basketball, like, serious. I'm going to go out here and I'm gonna play, like. But at then it was still fun then, you know, because you just out there playing. I'm not saying I'm out here trying to, you know, do a lot of things. I'm just saying, like, I'm going to focus on it more and I'm going to have more fun doing it. And that's kind of what I did. So seventh, eighth grade, I started taking it more serious, I guess, like, put more time into it. And then... By ninth grade, it was just on a whole nother level where I was like kind of the one of the best players in Georgia. So um, from there on, it kind of just, you know, the work, I kept putting in work, I kept getting better, kept playing other players and just, you know, learning, learning the game. And here we go. Yeah. And so I went to, it, it, to it, it seems to become. Well, it's serious as soon as you take it seriously, yeah. in a sense, uh, but it seems to become more obvious that it's serious when you get into university so i think yeah. it's in 20 that's not like the business side and like yeah the more so like 20 2015 yeah. so you were kind of committed i think to marquette yep. then you go to virginia tech following i think a coach yep. Yep. so yeah if you can explain uh, just a bit uh, of that so yeah I, um sorry it was i committed to marquette my early my 11th grade year like the beginning of it um just because i wanted all that weight off my shoulder i had maybe like 40-something offers or something like that. and 40 offers? 40 something zero? like Jeez. something plus, but it was up there. I had a lot of like SEC, ACC. I had pretty pretty much everybody. Um, and I just got tired of it. And so I just committed to Marquette. 
even though I'm not saying I just got tired and chose Marquette, but I wanted to go ahead and, you know, handle my situation so I can just play my rest of my high school ball freely and just get better, focus on getting better and becoming the person I wanted to. So um, my thing was I was looking for more of a, like a, uh, like a, like a, like a mentor. And Buzz was the closest thing that I had to that. He came and we talked about like life situations. It just wasn't basketball and like come to the school. It was more so like he wanted me to become a better man, you know, become a man. And he seen my situation. He knew my mom and things like that. So, and they had their own relationship outside of me. So I felt like, you know, that would be the best thing for me to go there and be with him and not only just let him teach me basketball, but mentor me as well. So um, I chose Marquette and he called me on my prom night as I was about to get ready to go. He told me that he was about to get ready to leave Marquette to go to Virginia Tech. And I said, all right. And he said he want me to come there and you know blah 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 and so he was like call him back in like two weeks so thought about it called him back in two weeks said i'm coming he asked me did i want to take a visit i said no nah, i don't need to just let me know when we got to be up there and i'll be there so that was kind of the end of that story yeah and, and now looking back like eight years later yeah uh, was it the, was it the right decision yeah most definitely most definitely did you uh, know we still talk to each other okay like all that so I can so, go out there anytime. Like I could either went before this, before the C bill, or I go right after. Just say what's up, work out with them, and all the staff, like my brothers, like my big brothers, like they mentor me as well. So, you know, it's all love there. Sweet. Um, so yeah. So as you mentioned, it, it becomes more of a business stuff. Also, as soon as you get there, because well, if I'm know it correctly, NCA and university a few years ago, you couldn't have like endorsement deals you couldn't even no. have an agent and nothing i think it changed or it shifted a mm -hmm. few uh, years ago um yeah so how how did it change basketball for you did it still remain like the fun or fun and then still kind of your future job in a sense or did you feel more pressure of you know getting the result because you had like whatever brand or anyone that said if you do this then you'll get this and yeah did it take some of the fun away or did you still manage to keep it Um, not relax, of course, but more of a, of a passion, more than just a business suddenly. Um, I mean, my situation was a little different because going into college, I had my first daughter. So from there on, everything to me is business. You know, I got to look out for her in the future. So me going there, well, me arriving on campus and then having my daughter was like, okay, well, now, like, I really gotta go. Like, I think I'm going hard now. I really gotta go. I can't have no fun. So I mean, I just tried to lock into it, and of course, I'm still a kid, so I'm gonna try to have some fun. But you mainly, were what, 17? I was like 18, 19, 18? like 19. So okay. I was like, man, I gotta, you know, lock in and you know, get something out of this, get what I want to, and that was to become a professional basketball player. And at the time. You know, thinking in college, I was just thinking NBA, not yep. thinking nothing else. So that was my focus on, and I pushed myself every day, worked out with the coaches, and that's I would build great relationships with them. That's why I can always go to wherever they at, and we're going to always, like, be like how we was in college because we put so many hours in into the gym and just so many, like, you know, 
blood, sweat, and tears, really. Because my first year we got there, we was terrible. And then to end my senior year, we were ranked in the top 10 all year. And then, and then made it to the Sweet 16. Sweet. So. Cool. So how do you, so you're said 19, you have a career, you want to grow, you have studies because you ended up with your degree, degrees, uh, you have a daughter and then you also try to have like a social life or uh, yeah. whatever, uh, yeah. <laughs> life, uh, um, student life. So yeah, yeah, how do you, how do you manage that? And do you have to cut some of the little stuff out? Did you kind of miss out on youth yeah. or, or, um, or teenage? Oh yeah, most definitely because, uh, You know, you, your life just changes, and, you know, shout out to my situation. I think I'm in a blessed situation, but your life just changes because you have to, certain stuff you just can't do no more. Like, you know, guys want to go out all the time. Like, sometimes I can't go out. Like, I got to get other stuff done so I can take care of other stuff. And that's still to this day. Like, that helped me for now. Like, people my age and stuff, now I got, and back in college, you know, I ain't going to say I ain't have no money, but, you know what I'm saying, I ain't. Yeah, have money enough. that yeah so back then i'm thinking like all right well i can't go out because i gotta do this so i can be able to do this and now it's like all right well i'm free now i can do a lot of stuff i can move however i want to and if i want to go out i can go out but now i'm like now nah, i still need to do this so i can get that done and i think that way of thinking just have helped me over the years and now i'm 28 so Still a Help kid. Me save a Still lot a kid of in oh, your yeah, head. Most definitely, most <laughs> definitely. But I think it's just more of a, a mature kid. Like I know when to be a kid and when not to, for sure. But I'm gonna definitely enjoy my life. Like so, I ain't too grown. Yeah, it's it's funny because so I I saw you at an event, a preseason event at the um, for, for the alliance. Uh -huh. I saw you on the on the court in the first game, and I watched on my computer the second game. Yeah. You were like so much energy and like you're, you're you jump like fucking high and yeah. <laughs> you, jump, you uh, run so fast and you play like so well and here you're mm. such like a relaxed laid-back person you have like two personalities one on the court really that you know something <laughs> switches on and of of court you're you're not a different person but really just uh yeah, most, yeah very most quiet definitely, very, most definitely. Yeah. and is it because you have so much energy on the court that you can have that energy or you just want to Shit it out outside. Uh, I I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, and I think it's more so when I'm playing. It's like a, it's like my alter ego kind of like uh, like I feel a certain way, and it's like nobody can tell me different, and it that's like the confidence that I have overall, not just in my game, but just like overall. So like, I don't want to, you know, sound too crazy, but I just feel like when I'm hooping, like all eyes is on me. That's how I, when I, when I play, that's how I feel. Oh, that's what and it is. Yeah. yeah so that's how I feel. And when I'm outside in general, I don't want that to be me. Like I like being low key, like chill, relaxed. Like that's why I say I like being in the country. Like, Not really too much in the city because I like just my personal space. Like, of course, I like to do certain things, but I'd rather be like the inside guy, the sit chill guy. Unless you know, around amongst friends and stuff like that. There, and after a I few drinks, it the, might also be different. <laughs> then I turn into the comedy guy. But yeah, I'm more so chill, and on the court, I'm more so like a, a villain role. I like the villain role, the bad guy role. You don't seem like that. You seem like extremely 
how do you say extroverted? Can you say is that an English yeah. word? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't seem like the villain. You don't seem like the 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 bad guy on the court. Or is that something you want to convey? Not like not like the bad guy to where I do like dirty things, but like the animal. Yeah, yeah, like like just uh like a like an animal that's like that will do harm and nobody really likes it. Like like all right, we're not gonna mess with him. Like we're not gonna worry about this. Like if we see that animal, we're just gonna walk the other way. We don't really got no hate, but we just know what it can do and we don't want it to Yeah. You know, do that to us. So okay. That's the kind of vibe. Interesting. Uh, have you always been like this, or was your alter ego, I'd say, on the on the court change over the years? Uh, it, it I kind of always been like this, but it kind of changed over the years. Like high school, you know, I felt this way. Uh, college, not at first. Then you get into a rhythm. You get into like figuring out college. Then you kind of, I felt like it towards the end of my career in college, and then. And then coming out of college, I didn't really feel it. Then I felt it. And it's just like an up and down kind of thing. And that's kind of how basketball careers go, too, you know, with just confidence. So I just say that's like my confidence side is the side you see me playing with. Okay. Sweet. So. Are you uh, recognizing the street of Montreal already? Or will it nah. take a, a few more games for people to uh, stop you in the street? Um, I don't really be out in the streets. Like I said, I don't be walking like that. And then, um, well, you might sometime, right? Yeah, I might sometime. I'll park kind of far today, so I might have to walk down the street. <laughs> yeah, I'll so, give, you, uh, uh, give you another hat or like sunglasses <laughs> or something. So, um, yeah, no, nah, not yet, not yet. Cool, not it yet. will come. Yeah, with the season that started with the 2 0, it yeah. uh, people might have some more interest. We gotta, uh, we gotta keep it going, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, go, going back on your that's uh, that has nothing to do with what we were discussing, it's just I don't want to lose that question. Mm -hmm. It's Um, so you said university becomes very serious, uh, going to college. Um, all the players want to make it to the NBA. Uh, yep. I would assume it's uh, the, the, the end goal for any basketball player yeah. at university. Um, how many or what proportion of the people that you played with um, in your city make it to pro level? Not just the NBA, but like the CBL, Europe. Um, in my uh, city? No, no, in, in, in your, uh, once you get to into the, um, the team uh, of the, the um, Virginia Tech, like the oh, team okay, that you okay. the, um, your, your teammates. No, we, we had a good team. Um, J-Rob played in the NBA, playing now playing in Australia. Nikhil Alexander Walker, Canadian. Nikhil Alexander Walker, okay, yeah, yeah, Canadian yeah. in the NBA. Um, Kerry Blackshear is EuroLeague overseas. Um... Chris Clark is playing overseas. Seth overseas. Zach Lede overseas. Uh, Shane overseas. So you have uh, like Johnny. Half, yeah. So half of the uh, half or more of the of the team actually makes it to a pro level and can you know live off of yeah, that. Yeah, I think only like maybe like five, maybe like five to ten out of my maybe like ten to fifteen out of my whole five years being there. Okay. Yeah, and you Probably were in one of the playing. yeah That's you were you were in, the, in, in the one of stuff. the top university team as well, yeah, right? So okay. yeah. interesting, uh, cool. So yeah, you mentioned like basketball career in general, um, highs and lows. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I've I've checked um, online before before you came is something that I, I'd like to dig into is um, we see our, our people that we talk the most uh, mm -hmm. on the media are 
NBA players. It's obvious then some of them make a whole career in one team. Mm -hmm. Thinking Tony Parker because he's French and I'm French. <laughs> okay. Um, but there are s there's not much that we can see online about how hard and tough it can be to go from team to team. So you started with a, a two-way contract, I think, with the short Ornets. Then a G you had a G League contract. Then going to Europe, back to G League, CEBL Europe, CBL because there are like um, the seasons that are are yeah, back yeah, yeah. to back. So. Yeah, it, it, can you just give an, a high overview of your, um, you're only 28, but your uh, long career so far, the different teams that you went through and different continents. And yeah. yeah, just after that, we'll dig a bit more into like how it is on you, on the family, on the body, on the okay. mental and all that. Um, yeah, at the college, I, I played the summer league with the Brooklyn Nets, had a great summer league. Um, ended up getting a two-way contract with the Charlotte Hornets. Um, then end up playing that year, that same year, end up going to the Suns at Arizona Suns G League. And then after that year was COVID. So then we did the G League bubble, and I went down with the Charlotte Hornets G League, the Greensboro Swarm. And I played, I think it was like four months we was in the bubble, so played the bubble. And then um, after the bubble, I came out here to the CEBL, played my first year with the Guelph Nighthawks, and then I left, went to Poland for December, like for five months, played in Poland, um, then left Poland, came back to the CEBL, played with Guelph Nighthawks again, then left Guelph, I went to Germany, and I just finished in Germany eight months. My first full season overseas, and now I flew back, and now I'm playing with the Montreal Alliance in the CBL for yeah. my third year. Awesome. So, and we're talking like a four, five year window here. Yeah, like right. I haven't haven't stopped hooping. All right. So there are so many no questions. Breaks. The first one is, is uh, <laughs> physically, uh, because so the NBA season or G League and all that. The CEBL season, the European seasons, they kind of all line up. And if you go into those different championships, then you never have any time off. Is that no. your case? Have you had more than, like, say, a month without uh, playing a game? Um, no. Uh, last year, I spent, I think, exactly 19 to 20 days in the States home. And then this year, I only been home for seven days. I came home from Germany seven days. Got all my things ready, and then I drove up here to Montreal. Do you still have a house there, or do you go to? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you still so you yeah. still have a, a house. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, physically, how does that? How do you make that work? Because your body at some points. Everybody, every elite uh, athlete has you know time off. Um, don't you want time off, or can't you have time oh, off? Most, <laughs> most definitely, most definitely. Um, the body definitely does. So that's why I take like super precaution into my um, recovery you know i try to do everything that's mandatory and and the extra not just mandatory but the extra as well like and you know i, I wake up you know body bruised body hurts but you know i just got to fight through it you know uh, i'm trying to do something and like i said my situation is different from a lot of guys a lot of guys can you know take the summers off but with my situation like you know i gotta I gotta keep going. What is, if I may ask, uh, when you say my situation, is it more like financial aspect? Is it you want to keep busy? Uh, want to keep busy. I want want to keep busy. One, and then two. Um, I also I have uh two daughters. 
So, you know, uh, they go to school. I want to send them to the best schools, you know, things like that, get them whatever they want. And, you know, they're my princesses, and they look mm-hmm. at me like Superman. So, you know, I can't really say no to them. And then they start crying, and it breaks my heart. So I got to, you know, do everything I can. Um, so, and in that case, so you, you explain between the U.S., Europe, Poland, Germany, uh, the CBL. Do you have, like, an agent helping you with that? Or is it you, like, looking up after... Oh, uh, yeah, I got an agent. I got an agent, uh, Steve McCaskill. Okay. Yeah. So does he f- just go and, and ask team, you know, what they're they're looking for? How, is, how does that work? And, and for you, uh, you have a you have a word in, in what he proposes? Or is it just whatever he finds, it's a good deal, you go and you, you play the season? Um... I don't know exactly what his method is, but he he good at it. I know that. I keep getting jobs, clearly. So, um, you know, I appreciate him. And whatever it is, he need to keep doing it. Um, But, nah, he kind of come with, um, like, maybe like four to five options, depending on what what it is. And come to me, tell me which one. which one, like, what it is, like, what all of them is, which one he thinks. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's whatever my decision is, whatever I want to go with. But he going to kind of try to lead me in the right, in the right direction. So, Okay. Uh, so where is the place that you uh, liked playing the most? So far? Yeah. Um, Germany wasn't bad. Germany wasn't bad. Montreal is very nice. Montreal is... Uh, uh, you want to make friends here. <laughs> yeah, Montreal is very, very so nice. I like it. No, so I'm not just saying that because I'm here, but it is it's very nice. How does the the, like the CEBL level compares to, uh, well, NBA, G League, and the other uh, uh, countries um, that you played it's in? It's definitely coming up. It's definitely coming up. Year five, you see a lot of progress already just from my first year coming here even last year so you know y'all expanding teams get more budget so you know things like that so you're going to be able to get more players so for the summer and stuff like that so yeah, i think it just keep going I think by next four five years like it's going to be a, a seriously 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 big deal out here to come out here and play and then it's probably going to be hard to get a job to come play out here too because y'all don't really have a lot of Americans that can come out here and play. I think maybe two, two Americans. Two, two or three, two, three Americans. Yeah, y'all can have three oh, Americans. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah like, I think they have, yeah, they have a, a, a minimum number or a max yeah, number of non-Canadian so, players. So, yeah, so it's going to be tough because everybody going to want to come out here and play. It's nice. It's nice. Um And, yeah, Montreal, uh, the Alliance in general, how the um, so the team is recent. Last year was the first mm-hmm. year in the league. This is one is is the second league. The f- the results were not really here uh, at the end of the first year, um, but the, the attendance was was there. Uh, the ambiance is is really amazing. Um, yeah, how do you feel about the team this year? Uh, I don't know if you're the underdog or if you're in the you know in the 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 leading teams. You know, coming up into the season, which you started with a two zero, which is. And the games, w- the first one was kind of uh, tight. The second one was a bit, and you had the, the game win on the first one. Uh, yeah, how do you feel about that? And how do you feel about the, the whatever, 18 remaining games? Um, I mean, I feel good, you know, with 2-0. That, that's good. Um, but, you know, we got to continue to get better. It's a lot of things, that, you know, we got to clean up. And that's with everybody, myself included, myself at the front of the line. So, um I feel like this team can we could definitely do some do some damage. Um I saw the ratings. You know, I don't really wanna get too much into that. Um, uh, but 
Um, we just here to prove a lot of people wrong. I think as a team, a lot of people, everybody on this team got something to prove, not only to other people, but to themselves. So that's why I think this team is going to be special because uh, once you, you know, get on the ropes and it, things get tight, you're going to have to find something within yourself to overcome certain situations. And I feel like everybody on that team got something like that in them to get them over the hump. Do you feel that the way the CBL is made, which is outside the um, the NBA season, makes it that people, I'd say, have stuff to prove, so they just, mm-hmm. instead of taking three, four months off or just going to the yep. gym, they just come here and they want to prove themselves yep. to whoever. Yep. Uh, come here and prove themselves to themselves and, like, work on their game. Like, that's one of my things. Um, I want to come out here and work on my game. Like, not just yeah, and be your home footwork. working out. Yeah, <laughs> not just be, like, working out at home, but, like, getting, like, game reps that he's – Like really, really good game reps that you get out here. So, cool. Um, g- going back on the your frequent travel and and going overseas and back and overseas and back, um, how tough or how easy is is, is it with your family? So you said you have two daughters, two princesses, um, a wife or or partner. Um, yeah, how is it for them? How how do you manage the personal side of life uh, when you have to to move so much? And how do they live with it? Yeah, I do a lot of traveling. I do a lot of traveling. Um, and wherever I am, you know, they, they come and see me. So they'll be out here in Montreal at a couple of games. Also, oh, um, they don't stay here. They stay in the U.S. Yep. Okay, every yeah. time, whether it's here or in Europe. Yep. Okay. Oh, y- yeah. Well, I got two different situations. So okay. they're in different places. So uh, my two daughters in different places. So wherever I am, they come see me. So okay. wherever I'm here, I'm home in the states or both of them in the states i'm in the states i'm flying around i'm going they coming to see me it's just a lot of traveling so is that is that something that uh let's say takes a toll on you in a sense or have you just got used to it with the years and now it's just be- it just became the day-to-day um just the day-to-day i kind of got used to it at first it did but when they see me and i see them it just all that go away so Cool. Um, and professionally speaking, uh, you said at the beginning that the NBA is the, the end goal for lots of people. Um, is that still something that you're looking uh, looking towards or not necessarily? Uh, yeah, most definitely. Never going to give up on the dream. Never. Cool. Okay. Is that what we can wish you in the next, let's say, year or two years? Uh, yeah, most definitely. Cool. Um, yeah, I had one of the, if you may, if you, if you, Uh, allow me to ask the question if you I'd like to ask what's the highest and the lowest uh, what are sorry the highest and the lowest moments of your career because I think it's important so we all see what we see in the news on Instagram whatever but I think it's always uh, interesting to see what athletes go through there's the highs and the highs are not necessarily what we see on TV internet whatever and the lows are stuff that we usually don't see it can be injuries can be whatever not being not making it to a team or, or anything so what would be uh what would be the top and the bottom of uh, your career so far um i would say the lowest would be um maybe after losing my mom trying to find the strength to play ball because she was the reason that i started playing so just to get back out there and just find the love and happiness for it again i would say that would probably be the lowest and then the highest would be um 
I would say one of the highest would be actually the the missed layup from Duke. I'd probably say that would be one of them. I can't say the highest because I can't think for so much. I had a lot go on in my career, so. But that's one. I probably say one of the highest right there. What what is this that moment exactly? Um, I missed the tip in against Duke in the Sweet Sixteen to put us to tie us to go into overtime with like a couple of seconds, like point some seconds, and I missed the tip in. It was an out of bounds play. I missed it, and we the game was over. And at that moment, it was the lowest. I never felt nothing like it. But after, like even receiving the hate. And then seeing the love that came with the hate was probably one of the highest. So at first I was just like, I was messed up, like heartbroken. Not only for me that I missed, but like my brothers, like I know how everybody worked so hard to get there. And then when they put your, when you put faith in something or someone and then it just doesn't go that way, I just felt like I let everybody down. So that's what I felt really horrible about. Um, and I wasn't like the first option on that team or nothing like that. So it just was different for me to when I did miss. I was like, man. So anyway, uh, yeah, I got a lot of hate, but I also got like a lot of love from like everybody. How do you protect yourself? You said a lot of hate, but at the end of the day, I mean, those people hating are just fans and people sitting in a on a no on a chair or in the in front of their TV yeah. saying that you don't do stuff well enough but they're not <laughs> even you know able to to make a to they wouldn't be able to you know, stand on the court <laughs> next yeah. to you or do anything so yeah. yeah how it's yeah how do you train or is that something that you just get used to at some point being visible like social media on TV and all that and you just protect yourself from that or does that still hurt and, and touches you personally uh i think you got to go through it as Like a person, if you, especially if you're doing stuff like that, like that's just something you have to go through because it actually makes you tougher. Of course, it's gonna hurt to, you know, see what people say and things like that. But at the end of the day, like they really don't know you. Like they're just looking at you on the team and watching you play and you do something they don't like, they have an opinion and they just want to say it. Yeah. So it's really just their opinion and something they probably wouldn't never say to your face. Yeah. So that's how you kind of just got to look at it. And to me, I mean, of course, you're going to feel it, but that's how you got to look at it. It's no other way. And, and is your, so I was also checking, of course, Instagram and doing some research before. Uh, you don't seem super active on social media. You are, but the posts are here and there is that something that you specifically don't want to push forward because you want to stay not in the shadow but a bit you know um in the back because your off-court personality is, uh, is like this or are you trying to kind of build a personal brand in a sense um i mean i am working on a couple of things um that i'm gonna drop this summer and um it'll be more posts made but i used to post a lot like back in like high school and stuff like that and uh college but then like now i just i don't have nothing to prove i feel like i feel like all that's like me trying to prove something or show something but i just be chilling every day i mean i don't got no reason to be on there like doing a mm -hmm. lot of posts things like that 
maybe when I want to do a lot of more business stuff, then I'll post more. But right now, just of my personal life, like I like to keep it yep. off social yep. media. I don't okay. like let people know what I'm doing. What will be the business stuff? Um, I have a I have an album dropping this summer. Sweet. I also have um like this YouTube thing I'm working with and a creating content around basketball yeah. or different um just kind of like the past two years just kind of past two years um just a, a collage of things maybe people want to see who knows um, I'm just writing notes. I'm yeah. just writing all the stuff. <laughs> you s uh, just make sure I, I'm not missing yeah. out. Um, and I also have some clothes dropping soon as well. I don't want to say what it is, but just know it's some heat. Uh, I've been working on it for a couple of years now, and it's finally time for it to see the light of day. Sweet. Very nice. Yeah. Well, so, what summer can we expect that? Yeah, I feel like Montreal is the best place to. It's a nice place in the that. summer to be visible and uh, yeah. yeah and launch stuff. Um, uh, cool. So, when you're not playing basketball training or at the auditorium in Verdun, what are you doing here? Or in general, what is Ahmed doing when he's not playing basketball? Working. I was probably say um, so on those stuff. Yeah, maybe doing like art, um, some art things um, for people or for myself for my things that I got going on, uh, music, working on music, um, and just, I guess, enjoying my time, like resting, recovering, I would say, chilling. Like, I want to be outside, I'm going to be outside more, but I just got to like get a little rest in me first yeah we'll get, get you a, a few a few recommendations for montreal yeah. on this on the island and outside the island yeah. a few nice i heard it's nice i heard it's really nice yeah here. yeah yeah you can drive an hour and be uh, in a completely different place here so yeah. it's pretty cool um it, those all those business related or music and and uh, um clothing stuff like that is it right now for you more of a way of either feeling the time when you're not playing because you're just super curious and you want to get stuff done is it to have your mind going away from basketball when you're playing or is it and or is it kind of planning for the after career is that something that you already think about we kind of touched upon it at the beginning when you mentioned agriculture and other stuff um but yeah what uh what is the reasoning and, and the motivation behind that i think it's like a, a mix of all of those to be honest um i would say definitely something i would want to do once i finish playing ball like these are some things i could do for sure um i can draw um do art i could do music um and i could do clothing so i feel like that's something that i can always get into um and it's kind of like my passion it's just not something like i want to do because of money or certain situations it's just because i like doing it like So, um, and I would say, I forgot what was the other question. Uh, yeah. So if it's just to think of something different than basketball or planning. Oh yeah. 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 Career. Most definitely. Uh, you know, basketball, I've been, once you keep doing like this without no breaks, it kind of gets like kind of the same. So you just need different things to kind of like get you going. I don't want to just sit in the house and play the video games all day. Um, Something I did, wanted to do this year for 2023 would be more productive. 
So um, I try to do things that's, you know, productive in what I want to do in life. So instead of, like, the video games or just watching Netflix all day, I kind of substitute that. Like, all right, we'll put an hour here of art. Like, put an hour here of working on, like, different fabrics, working on clothing or spend an hour here just listening to some beats or, like, working on some vocabulary, like, things like that. So um, I kind of get into that. Or things that will help me get to those things that I'm doing easier, I would say. Sweet. Yeah, it very much resonates with me. That's kind of uh, what sparked the podcast also is that yeah. instead of spending, you know, 10 hours a week watching yeah. Netflix, I haven't watched yeah. Netflix for, what, six months? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just doing uh, stuff like that, so it's super, super nice. Um, what, what will be success for you, whether it's personal or professional, uh, in the next 24 months? Um, to continue to grow as to continue to grow my game, I just want to see my game develop. Um, I can already see a difference from me playing now than I did last year in the CBL or two years ago in the CBL, and just get my body to where I want it to be because I have played uh, like my first year in the CBL. I wasn't a hundred percent healthy, so just to finally get back to where I fully want to be and to just let my game and mind blossom is what I would call success. And of course, you know, getting new jobs and things like that, that I, you know, have worked for and strive for. But other than that, like just seeing my great game grow, seeing like things that I work on um, just come to life in the game that I do without even me even thinking. And just working on my mental, I would say. Sweet. Cool. Um, so, if you, I would say, if you could start it all over again, or if you could meet a ten-year-old Ahmed and give him one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Yeah, no, I couldn't. I couldn't start it over. I had asked that question actually to my teammates in Germany. I said, "If you knew what you knew now, would you go back and like start your game all the way over, like back to, like." Four you or five you when you first start seeing the little kids play, would you go back? And it was like nah, and like I was like yeah, bro, that's crazy to think how many like suicides you ran or like sprints or layups you done done, that would be crazy. But if I can go back and tell ten year old man who going through it, um, I would just tell him to uh, I would tell him to. I'll probably tell me to not be so, so, so hard, so, so demanding of instant success. I would say that, yeah. That's very nice. I would tell him, don't be demanding of instant success because this, this game is, this game is up and down, you know. You can be one here, like this season can be, a uh, terrible season you can have the best season of your life next season and then that season can take you to the heights of your career and then right after that you can have a horrible season and that take you to the lowest part of your career and you can get injured at your highest and then not play for a year or two and then never be the same so it's just this game is is beautiful but it's also nasty in a way too so i just say don't be demanding of instant success and just 
live in the moment like enjoy the process of it nice. enjoy the process sweet very nice um your story is pretty amazing you're only 28 so you're younger than me that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> i've only met i think almost only uh athletes that are younger than me so your career will uh, will keep going up that's for sure especially uh, here this summer um do you know of any other Well, usually I say Canadian, but you're American, so you have a free pass to have someone that's not Canadian. Okay. Um, athletes, between bracket, it can be basketball, because I love it, <laughs> that you think would have an interesting story to tell on, uh, on this podcast and that you could uh, make an introduction for. Yeah. Um, can I give you two people? You can give me a thousand people. <laughs> okay. Um, one, I would have to go Jonathan Cabongo out of Toronto. Okay. One of my teammates. He has a very, very inter interesting story. Um, currently an artist, working with some of the biggest artists in Canada as well. So um, he has a very interesting story. I think you should definitely talk to him. Um, another guy I would say is Arsa. He's um, down in Mississauga. Um, I know he trains down there. He, I know he worked with a 905 as well. G League for like they um develop player development. Um and then I would say uh, uh that's all I got for right now. I know, I'll give you some more behind the scenes. Okay. Everybody from Canada, don't be mad at me. I'm sorry. I can't say everybody's name on here. I know you said a thousand, but we're going to keep <laughs> that's it short. Quite, uh, yeah, that's way too many. <laughs> oh, we'll say in touch then. Um, the other one, uh, kind of question that I always ask when I'm building, I, I used to call it a, a wall of fame. I call it a, a sport museum mm -hmm. where I ask the, the guests if they have a, something from their career, um, a gear that they can sign and, and, and uh, give away. Uh, do you have something in mind that you could... Uh, Oh, sorry. Add into the the museum. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Uh, I gotta see what I got, but I definitely got you. Anything from here, Montreal? Wink, wink. Okay, <laughs> Jersey, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, Montreal. Um, cool. Where should the, the listeners follow you? Your Instagram. Then there is. Where should they watch out for everything that's coming this summer? Uh, yeah, y'all should tune in to my Instagram, uh, my Instagram, Twitter. I don't really, I don't have Facebook. It's a fake Facebook page, but. I think they post all good things about me, so you know what I'm saying I don't do all that reporting. I don't have Facebook, but if you talk to somebody on there, make sure they're saying good things about me. <laughs> but y'all can follow me on um, Instagram. It's underscore Medhill M E D H I L L, and my Twitter is. Also, just so you know, he's actually looking on his phone because he doesn't know his handle. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> my Twitter is at Med <laughs> underscore H. X I I I, so mid 13. Oh, nice. Okay. I don't really be on Twitter that much, but cool. Awesome. Um, the season will be great. I'll. Uh, I don't know how many games I would watch. Uh, if I'm here on the weekends, I'll definitely come on to all the uh, Sunday games and uh, during the week, most definitely. So, mm -hmm. thank you so much, Hamad. We wish you the best personally, professionally, and uh, I'll see you on the court jumping so high and running so fast and beating <laughs> those. Uh, Those are the teams. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, man, thank you for having me. Now I say, like, salute. Um, Salut, merci. Yeah. Bye. Merci. <laughs> merci. <laughs> Thanks. If you're still here, it's probably because you liked the episode, right? 
So if you want the podcast to grow and get more exceptional athletes, you can play your part by following us on your favorite podcast platform and on Instagram at unfiltered.athletes. It really helps us. And until next time, enjoy life.